Hey Rebel, welcome to Untoxify Your Relationship. Here we will talk about all things healthy and how to get that toxic mess out of you and your partnership. I'm your host, Melissa Webb, a practicing licensed mental health therapist with 10 years experience. I've been on a journey encouraging women to throw the middle finger up at society and to become a rebel, to go against the grain of who and what you are supposed to be and grow into what God has created you to be. And I do this by teaching them skills to cultivate stronger relationships through healthy theology and mental health practices. All right, let's go ahead and hop into it. Hey y'all, it's episode three. And today we are gonna talk about apologies. So I've worked at schools for a very long time. I think I started volunteering when I was in college and then I ended up working in one, ended up being a teacher, ended up being a therapist that worked in school. So I've seen a lot of things in schools (laughs) from elementary to high school. The one thing I've always seen adults, grownups, teachers, whoever doing is making kids apologize, especially when the child did not understand why they needed to be saying an apology. This has happened to me when I was in school, somewhere between kindergarten, first, second grade. I remember um, this kid was messing with me, being rude, talking stuff, and I finally told the kid to leave me alone. Now, I was a goody two shoes. (laughs) I did not get in trouble. My mama worked at the school, so I couldn't get in trouble even if I wanted to. For me, I was like that person like, nope, I can't get in trouble. I'm gonna get a whooping when I get home. And also I didn't mess with nobody. Like everybody liked me. Everybody knew I was quiet. Everybody knew I was that kid that brought the teacher an apple. I was the teacher's pet. Everybody knew that. So I think this one day, um, this kid was messing with me because I was a teacher's pet. And I finally said something to the kid and the teacher heard me and the teacher made me apologize to my classmate. Fussed about it and said, no, he was talking about me and I'm not going to apologize, which made it worse. And then teacher ended up telling my mom that I was being disruptive and talking and all of that. (laughs) It was so funny because the student who was messing with me, who was talking about me, Afterwards, I got in trouble and he was like, see, you finally got in trouble. Now you know what it feels like. And it was just like, what? (laughs) Anyway, so when grownups do these things with a kid, it does three things. One, the kid doesn't know why they're apologizing. So they're unable to take accountability for what happened. They don't know why they need to apologize. They're not gonna know what they need to take accountability for. The second thing that ends up happening is that the kid is not sincere. I definitely wasn't sincere with saying an apology. As a matter of fact, I protested against saying an apology because I knew I didn't do anything wrong. And then third, we're teaching kids to apologize just to apologize. And that's a recipe for disaster because now the kid doesn't really know how to make a meaningful apology. They just know like, oh, I'm just supposed to say sorry just to say sorry. Now you're like, okay, Melissa, we over here talking about your childhood and everybody else's childhood. What does this have to do 
with me, an adult that's in my 20s or 30s or 40s, a lot. We know that we mirror everything in childhood and adulthood. So if you learned in childhood to apologize in this really jacked up way, guess what? This is going to show up in adulthood. And it's probably why you struggle with doing apologies as an adult. And some other things that probably go with that. But this is one thing, one reason that can um, influence how you apologize as an adult. A healthy and meaningful apology is the best apology. Not a fake apology, what we learned when we were kids. (laughs) Or an apology just to appease adults is also what we learned as kids, right? But a healthy and meaningful apology is the best apology. So today we're going to learn the mistakes not to make and a step-by-step guide of crafting the best I'm sorry. (laughs) The, The best I'm sorry statements. So if before you suck at apologizing, after listening to this pod, my hope is that you will use the steps that we're going to talk about later to have more meaningful and sincere apologies. That's the goal for today. What is an apology? I'm a person that goes straight to the dictionary to figure out what words mean. And so I looked up the word apology. In the Cambridge Dictionary, it um, defines apology as an act of saying that you are sorry for something wrong you have done. In theory, it sounds simple, but we be jacking it up. So apologies are needed when we cross someone's boundary, when we've done something mean, hurtful, or disrespectful, or if we offend someone. There are three main ingredients you need to having a good apology. The first one is responsibilities, <laughs> AKA responsibility. That is taking accountability or taking ownership of something that you've done. The second ingredient that you need is vulnerability. That is being brave. My girl, Brene Brown, talks about vulnerability all the time. If you don't know her, uh, she is a clinician. She's done a lot of research on shame and on vulnerability. So if you have not, don't know about her, go check her out. She has a couple of Netflix specials. Wonderful woman, she's great. Vulnerability is being brave. It's taking a risk to show emotions despite the fears that you may have. And then the third ingredient you need to have a good apology is humility. That is lacking pride. Don't think that you are better than others, you're acknowledging that you can improve, and you're also acknowledging that you can admit you're wrong. Why do we need those three things? Well, for one, you need to take ownership. Two, you need to be able to move past your fears and actually be vulnerable and actually show some emotion. And then thirdly, you have to be able to admit that you're wrong. So those are the three things you need to have a good apology. So here's what I see people doing when it comes to mistakes and making apologies. One thing is I see people making it transactional. So that sounds like I apologize, so now it's your turn. I can remember working with teens and they and teens get into it, they always say, Well, I ain't going to apologize unless they apologize. They make it transactional, which is also manipulative. Making an apology transactional doesn't take responsibility for or accountability for the things that that you've done. So if you're saying, I need you to apologize before I can apologize, where's the accountability in that? Also see people making fake apologies. So that can sound like, I'm sorry I'm not good enough, or I'm sorry that I can't do anything right. Again, there is no accountability in 
that those two statements and you kind of put the blame on the other person it's a very empty apology um, a fake apology is like a fake orgasm it doesn't help e either party right no one's benefiting from this fake apology I also see manipulative apologies so that can sound like I apologize but or I regret that you felt that way or you feel that way again takes the ownership and responsibility off of you anytime you use you <laughs> in an apology more than likely you're not taking responsibility for the things that's happened says that can sound like I'm sorry that you feel I'm a bad person I'm sorry that you were offended that's taking the responsibility off of you blanket apologies that is I'm sorry for everything I'm sorry for all the things I put you through that does nothing it's not specific and again takes the responsibility out of it the I guess the apologies I see this a lot with teens I guess I apologize I guess I go ahead and say sorry if you guess it that means that you probably need to figure out why you're apologizing that goes back to when we were kids and people just made you apologize you're like I guess I apologize I ain't got nothing else to do today very nonchalant another thing that blocks apologies are excuses so instead of actually apologizing, you start making excuses for your behavior or getting defensive, which defensiveness blocks vulnerability. You put up a wall, kind of like how we talked about in episode one, and that blocks you from being vulnerable because now there's no reason for you to be emotional because you're defensive. You're putting up your defenses. You're like, okay, cool. I know I'd be effing up. <laughs> Help me, help me, Melissa, to make better apologies. Okay, cool. Well, here's the step-by-step -step guide to help you with better I'm sorry statements. So before you even apologize, make sure you understand why you are apologizing. Don't be like the kid who's just like, I guess I apologize, just apologize, or I'm just apologizing to appease someone. Actually take ownership for the offenses that you have made. First step in the step-by-step -step guide is to start with, I'm sorry. Please don't add a button there, because if you add a button, it negates the first part of the I'm sorry. Second part is to take responsibility. So you need to name the offense or the behavior. I'm sorry for stepping on your shoe. Third thing you need to do is set healthy boundaries. That can look like you setting the boundary or you and the person who you offended setting the boundary to, together like a collaborative effort that way you make sure everyone understands what's going on fourth thing you can do is ask for forgiveness this is optional if you want to ask for forgiveness you can but you need to ask for forgiveness after you have apologized and remember the person doesn't have to forgive you or if they do they may be guarded afterwards you know really depend on what what it was that you're apologizing for and last fifth thing you need to move forward. After you apologize, let it go. Be like my homegirl all frozen singing, let it go, let it go. If you hold on to the guilt, the guilt can turn into shame and then shame can turn into resentment. And then you be trying to work on forgiving yourself for this mistake that you made. Let's put it all together. So an apology can look like this. I'm sorry for raising my voice during our discussion. Okay, so that's the I'm sorry and 
what you're taking responsibility for. Moving forward, I will remove myself from the conversation when I am feeling stressed. That's your boundary. Will you forgive me? That is asking for forgiveness. And the fifth thing is letting it go and not holding on to that guilt. So here are some things to remember when either you are apologizing or you are receiving an apology. So I'm gonna go with the person that's giving the apology. Number one, remember that the person you're apologizing to doesn't have to accept your apology. And then one point or one A, <laughs> and then one A, also the person doesn't have to stay in your life. I know that's something that you will want or you know, you're like, if I apologize, I can mend this relationship. Just depending on the severity and the level of the offense um, for the person, you know, they may have a hard time accepting your apology and they may not even want to stay in your life. Number two, it's okay to give the other person space before apologizing. Again, depending on the level of severity that the offense is or the behavior, sometimes both parties just need to chill, give each other some space before coming back and actually talking about either what happened or, you know, apologizing for the behaviors. And then number three, an apology goes a long way and can mend a relationship. I've seen friendships who that, that were broken years ago and then someone comes back and apologize and they're able to kind of move forward because that apology helped to mend the relationship and now it's like, okay, I can talk to you now. Now, if you're on the receiving end, number one, you may not receive an apology. So if someone hurts you, you need to understand that you may not even get an apology from that person. Or if you do, it may be a jacked up apology or it may be a sincere some apology. Don't have expectations of the type of apology you're going to receive from someone because you might not even receive it. Number two, it's okay to put up boundaries with someone who has hurt you. So they can apologize and then after that, you can say, okay, my boundary is I'm not going to help you with XYZ. Perfectly fine. The boundary doesn't have to stay there forever. It's just in that moment, if that's what, if that's what you need in order to have some peace around a situation, then do it. You can always let the boundary go later on if you see like, okay, we're doing better now. I don't need this boundary. And then number three, if you don't want to accept a meaningful and sincere apology or you don't want to forgive someone, ask yourself why. Why do I not want to accept this apology? Or why do I not want to forgive someone? To be honest, there's a lot of people walk around here with unforgiveness in their heart and be just because they're hurt. And that needs to be worked out in process with a professional, someone that you trust that can help you work through some of those issues. Again, get you a therapist. Therapy is lovely. And then you add Jesus in there, you got therapy and Jesus. Great combination. <laughs> if you're finding yourself having trouble accepting an apology or forgiving someone, ask yourself why, and then go get some help and figure out how you can move forward. That's all I got for this week. Pretty short episode this week. Remember to like, subscribe, send to your family and friends. We drop a new episode every Monday. Thanks for joining me and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Go ahead and share this episode with your family and friends. Don't forget to take the quiz on my website to figure out which Beyonce song matches your toxic trait. Go ahead and check it out at d-revolution.com. That's T-H-E-R-E-B-E-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. Thanks and see you next time.